She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts' advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. The title of this episode is How to Help Teen Girls Thrive in Today's Society. And today I'm so excited. We are speaking with Sarah Kenny, who is a certified coach, mentor, and positive role model for adolescent girls. She believes in power, empowering girls with self-confidence and courage to help them change the world for the better. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast. I'm really excited to dive into the topic today. So can you give the audience a little bit more about your background and what led you to become a life coach for teens? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Christina. So um, as you mentioned, I am a certified life coach for teen girls. I have been in the women's leadership development space for over 15 years. I have my master's degree in gender studies. Um, I consider myself a lifelong feminist. Um, I basically started <laughs> identifying myself as such since like I was a small kid. Yeah. Um, but essentially how I how I got into coaching for teen girls um, I really, I really think of my path um, for, I think for a lot of people who are in the, like the self-help space, I really see myself as a, a wounded healer, right? Mm-hmm. All of the things that I've experienced, all of the struggles that I've had um, have genuinely led me to where I am today. Um, so not to go into obviously tons of detail, but everything from having uh, kind of my own personal, a lot of mental health challenges, um, you know, definitely some some trauma and struggles throughout childhood, um, a lot of struggles with my own body image and disordered eating from, you know, during periods of my adolescence and especially my early 20s. Um, massive amounts of anxiety, which I now realize was tied per- to perfectionism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Needless to say, right? I so many. You're shaking your head like this. No, I get it. No. <laughs> like where so many of us have been. Needless to say, um, I was kind of in uh, what I like to consider like a Goldilocks phase of my career path. I felt like I just couldn't quite figure it out. I couldn't get it right. It was like trying this, trying that. Um, started working with a coach. And just immediately was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And as I became a coach, went through my training program, um, it was so transformative for myself personally that I just had this kind of big aha moment. It was like, why is no one working with girls on this stuff? Yeah. Like if I had learned this when I was, you know, 14, 15, 18, instead of 35, um, how different, um, and not, obviously not to say that I like regret my twenties and, and, but a lot of the pain and the headache and the heartache, uh, could have been spared. <laughs> yeah. No, I For get sure. it. It's tough growing up. And the thing is like, when we grew up, we didn't have the social media. So now <gasps> it's so different now. And it was tough back then. I can't imagine like growing up with social media and like, people actually like bullying you like for the world to see not just like your school to see I mean the pressures I mean I worry about you know like my boys like I have two boys and you know like I don't know kids are mean sometimes and because they're growing and they're learning they don't know you know it's not like it's their true identity you know they always have to go through their changes you know everyone was like maybe a bully at one point and then realize that that's not right but 
the pressures that these girls put on themselves. I mean, I really think and admire that you had that space for them because usually the self-coach space is for like adults, I feel like. Yeah. Not necessarily for teen girls. And they really need it more than ever in this day and age because we have, I don't know, I just think social media is a game changer. And like the expectation they put on that really isn't important. Like the how many followers and like the filters to think that people look perfect and the body image and everything just, it's just, I don't know. It can even get to adults. So I can't even imagine growing up. No, it is, it is it is so different, right? I mean, Facebook literally, like it didn't even exist when I was in college, right? Like this, to see what girls are dealing with. And I should say all kids, all teens, like yeah. so much of what girls are struggling with is, is highly gendered. And I do think there are a lot of components there, but that doesn't also mean that like many boys are struggling. Kids are struggling, like yeah. social media, body image, comparison, constantly seeking external validation. I mean, anyone who is using these platforms is also dealing with that, right? Yeah kids and adults alike. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it is really intense. And I think part of it is, um, they've been given these tools with no education as no. To how to be using them exactly, um, or how to have a healthier relationship rather than just constantly seeking something outside of themselves. Yeah, I agree. So what gender specific challenges are teen girls facing today and how can parents help them navigate with these pressures? Yeah. So a lot of stuff that we just talked on, you know, um, body image issues are rampant. And um, we have seen particularly coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, the rise in eating disorders is just like off the charts. It is Mm. so alarming. Um, and particularly in a lot of the clients that I work with, so, so body image is almost always at the top. Um, but I would say the, the level of anxiety that girls experience related to what I would consider it's like anxiety is the symptom, but underneath is actually what we're not addressing is people pleasing and perfectionism, which I think is pretty like safe to say is, is very, very gendered. Many women and girls struggle with this, um, but, but just feeling so afraid of hurting other people's feelings. Um, so, so afraid of expressing their own needs, speaking up for themselves, feeling really responsible for how other people are feeling, right. Taking yeah. on everybody else's emotions um, and the levels of, of stress and anxiety. They feel like the fear of judgment of how their peers are thinking about them. And then you, add social media into the mix and the level of self-comparison, feeling left out, feeling not good enough. Everyone's got it better than me. I mean, it is um, understandably like they are feeling so overwhelmed, so inadequate, like so like literally just like they are never enough and it's constant. It is coming from their parents. It's coming from schools. It's coming from their friends. Um, So all that to say is I think parents can play a really important role here um, in they, as I tell girls, and I tell my my parent clients this all the time, like everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Like this, you could have the safest home, but depending on who their friends are and what their parents are saying when they're hanging out or what they're seeing on, you know, what they're seeing on TikTok or what their school, you know, what, how their school's policies are coming down. Um, girls need to be constantly, constantly reminded 
why they are enough has nothing to do with how they look, has nothing to do with their grades. We really need to be helping them build confidence, like role modeling failure, helping them build a growth mindset. Um, and what I always tell people is helping them really learn how to kind of develop and trust their own inner compass. Yeah regardless of what's going on externally, right? When you're, and, and particularly with social media, when you were just constantly seeking that external validation, mm-hmm. you really don't develop a strong sense of self. No. And that gets really dangerous when you're in your twenties. And then you're, you know, for me, I hit this wall at 30 when I was like, I don't know what I am. I don't know what I want to be doing with my life. I don't know how to be in a healthy relationship. I really, all of these things came crashing down. Mm-hmm. And part of it was I had no, I had no compass of my own. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And the thing is, is like with the teen girls, like it's good that they're learning the tools now because the things that you're saying, like, I'm still seeing it in my adulthood, like feeling you have the people totally. afraid to speak up of what you really want and the boundaries and afraid of hurting other people's emotions. Because sometimes I feel like we get that way because we want to like, not be like a problem to our mate or, totally. or whatever it is, you know, and then like, feel like we have to do this thing that like this guy wants us to do to get them to like us, you know, and that's more like when you're in a teen, like you feel that way. Cause you're still navigating, you know, they have access to like porn. So then they feel like they have to like perform in a certain way for these young kids and like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the um the boys are expecting certain things because they don't really know because it's just what they're seeing. So I mean yeah, it's, it's how a they're mess. learning. Huh? It's how they're learning, which yeah. is beyond terrifying. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So it's like it's it's not like if it happens, it's like when is it gonna happen? Like there are kids watching porn at like 10 years old. Oh yeah. You know, and, and I forget the statistics. The statistics are just just so terrifying, but I forget what the t- statistic is, but it's basically like, if your child has access to the internet, they will have seen some sort of, some sort of pornography by the age of 12. Yeah. Um, and this is generally right. That like, whether it's friends showing it at school, friends showing them online, um, it's not, it's like, to your point, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, and it is happening younger and younger and younger without any of us having really proper conversations around it. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, this whole world is even new for us parents to navigate because we haven't seen the consequences yet of putting iPads in front of our kids' faces, but yet we still do it all the time. You know what I mean? And, And getting them addicted. And so we're learning ourselves because we did not grow up that way. Like my last generation is like, you know, I got like the Nintendo 64 and like, we still played outside and like we were the last indoor outdoor, but I think we were still outdoor a lot. People were at the parks all the time. Like, I don't know. I miss, I miss that stuff. You know, I really do. I want to go back to my childhood. I think that was the best time. Like, Hey friends, I hope you are enjoying this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. This podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for the support of you, my wonderful community. To support your mama's podcast, please click the support link right down below and you can donate just as little as 99 cents. 
Also, follow me in the Shop Like to Know It app where you can follow me with all my exclusive content, all the way from baby products I love, fashion and style, and everything in between. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, so what life skills are important to every girl to develop early on? Yeah, so, you know, I just touched on this, but um, really learning how to develop that inner compass. Yeah. And when I say inner compass, I think, you know, there's, there's a few different things going on there, but that is having, you know, a strong sense of our values, right. And, and values change over time. A lot of time for, particularly for kids and for teens, their values tend to be their parents' values or their, you know, religion's values or their school's values. And of course there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You will start to notice a lot of that tension, particularly with teenagers that as they get older, they do realize that like maybe they have some different values than some other family members or their caregivers or the culture that they're living in. That's not Mm -hmm. always true, but that rub tends to start happening especially in high school. Um, But having a really solid sense of like, okay, what are, what are my boundaries what are my needs? Um, what are my limits is a really big one. So, um, just myself personally, I am deeply introverted. I'm about as, as introverted as you can get on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I have spent most of my life feeling extremely overwhelmed and exhausted by like everything within my environment. Yeah. Without actually being able to, you know, identify and express and set boundaries around that. And it's taken like a lot of self-work on my end to feel really comfortable with saying like, you know, saying no to things, um, being really clear on like how much time I can give to people, um, how much time I can spend with people, even my spouse, right? <laughs> like, it's yeah. like okay, TV's at this volume and like, I'm going upstairs when football's on and like, you know, but for so many girls, and this then becomes true for women, right? When you don't have a sense of your own needs and how to express those, you get burnout, right? Yeah. You run down, you end up living a life that, or spending time with people who drain you instead yeah. of energize you. And it's so soul crushing, soul crushing, right? And so I think um, really, so there's two pieces of this. It's like actually being able to identify those things in yourself and then being able to express them. And so a lot of the work that I do with girls is like helping them kind of identify that compass and also be able to say, um, I'm actually not going to go to that party because I'm really tired and I have a soccer game on Sunday and that soccer game is really important to me. So I probably don't want to be at a party on Saturday night. I feel really hard to say no to, or to say, to like set that boundary, but like really helping girls be able to speak up for themselves, express their needs, um, sorry, I've got all my notes here. Um, and also just, um, emotional regulation, right? This is, this is true for all of us, but like, what am I feeling? How do I self-soothe? How do I express this in a way? How do I do this without having to numb, like, right. Whether that's with shopping or Netflix or, you know, eventually drugs or alcohol, like Mm -hmm. constantly numbing, because we're not able to feel our feelings. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not something we're we're usually teaching kids. Yeah. Um, I would say that's changing, but definitely was not true when I was little. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, that I know emotions are the hardest thing to regulate, especially when it's like jealousy, anger, fear, uh, anxiety, all those things. That, I mean, I feel like 
to master those, it's like constant effort. And I don't think we ever can truly master it because we're always tested with a new thing that comes up and it's like, whoa, this is feeling really intense. You know, I mean, I felt like that, you know, in my young teens, I'm like, God, all this emotion. And I remember kind of going back, like, um, when I was younger, I remember saying no to a party. I didn't want to go to a party. And everyone was what everyone was like, why, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm literally like just at home. Like no one believed me that I wasn't like not doing anything. It was like, I'm like, no, I don't. One of, one of my clients is super introverted, super popular. And her friends don't understand that she needs to be alone. Like for her, they actually think something is like wrong. They think that like, she's mad at them when she's like, I just, I don't want to have a sleepover tonight. Like, this isn't about you. Like, I'm tired, right? Yeah, like, I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to be with myself. Like, no, it is so, it is so tough. And I think too, um, oh my gosh, you were just saying something and it, uh, oh my gosh, it's already out of my brain. It was like mid-sentence earlier. It'll come back to me. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but so like, um, how can moms be effective role models uh, to their daughters? Yeah. So, um, I would say this as someone who, you know, I've spent many years in therapy, I've been coaching for many years now. Um, all of our triggers usually, and especially if you are like raising a girl, if you are raising kids period, but if you like, as they get to teenagers and, um, particular moms and teenage daughters also tend to have, um, can tend not always, but can tend to have really challenging relationships. Um, it is almost always your own stuff that feels really triggering. And so um, part of it, I would say, is if you want to be a really effective role model for your daughter, you've got to be doing the work yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether that is you are in therapy or you and your spouse are working on your marriage or, you know, you really want your daughter to, um, you know, maybe you're a workaholic and you, you really don't want that for your kids. Right. So then maybe you start on your own work-life balance, right? The more you're doing that for yourself, the more you are role modeling what you want to see in, and that's just true for all, for, for kids. Right. Um, I would say, So I do a lot of work around body image moms to this day. I mean, even with all of like, you know, the stuff that we get exposed to through media and marketing and the internet and social media, um, moms are still the number one influence on their daughter's body image. Yeah. And so how are we talking to ourselves when we look in the mirror? Are we saying, oh, I'm, God, I'm so fat. Oh, I hate this. Oh, I hate that. You know, and it's easy to do that in front of your kids without even knowing because it's so programmed in us. A hundred percent. Like we live in a diet culture where it is perfect. Not only is it normal, it's actually expected that we talk about bodies. We comment on bodies like, right. Like you're waiting in line at the supermarket and every single magazine that you're staring at is like this celebrity game that much. Who's on this secret fad drug, right? Like we can't, it is everywhere. It is all consuming. And it's like normal, it doesn't mean it's healthy. Right. And so, um, exactly. How are you talking to yourself? Like if you are constantly making comments about your body, comments about your food, and then you're telling your daughter, Oh, she's, you're so beautiful. Um, she's not going to believe it. Right. Like there is, there is like, 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 wait, I'm half you, but you don't even like yourself. So how do you like me? 
Yes. So I would say forever and always start with yourself. Um, a body image is a huge one. Um, and then this also comes up to, I think when it comes to, um, being really open and transparent about like when you make mistakes, like laugh it off, show your daughter that like failure is like perfectly normal. It's how we grow. It's how we build confidence. It's how we learn new things, right? Like if we are constantly trying to come off as perfect and in control, your daughter is also going to strive for perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to lead to the anxiety, the anxiety, and yes. maybe the self <laughs> and all the things. Blah, 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 blah. You know, yes. I heard this one thing, things aren't taught, they're caught. So it's like how we are, kids are catching our behaviors. Like, are you yep. working out? Like, what are they seeing you do? You yep. know, like, they're being caught in the web of like your actions and your things are just developing them in their subconscious mind. So um, yeah. I always thought that that was a really good. Yes. Oh, that is that. such a great line. Yeah. yeah that really is such good. a great line. So um, I have four questions I love to ask all my guests. And so Sarah, my first question to you is who and what inspires you? Okay. Uh I'm, I'm going to say too, forever and always Michelle Obama. I'm obsessed with that woman. Um, I am just always in awe of her grace, her leadership, her, um, just her sass, her intelligence, like anything that woman does. I'm like, I just want to be like her. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would say if, um, anyone were my spirit animal, it would be Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Just. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, so my second question is what is something you wished you knew when you were younger? Uh, that we are not, we are not responsible for other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We can say and that do, to this day, <laughs> to this day. Yep. Still working on it. But like we teach kids that, you know, even just the phrase, like you hurt my feelings, you hurt mommy's feelings. Like this person hurt my feelings. And actually our feelings come from our thoughts. Right. And so helping girl, like I spend so much time helping girls separate their thoughts from how other people are feeling, because at the end of the day, those are two very separate things. Yeah. Um, and we constantly feel when we constantly feel responsible for that, we, overextend ourselves, don't get our needs met. You know, we've, we've both, we've been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my third question is what's the essential part of your daily routine? Meditation, meditation every day, even if it's, if it's two minutes or 20 minutes, um, that has become, especially throughout the pandemic just, um, has changed how my brain works. Yeah. It's a non-negotiable for you. Non-negotiable hundred percent. Yeah. And then my last question is best advice you've ever received? Oh, this one's tough. Um, best advice I've ever received. I would say as a business owner, right? So I do run my own business. I have my own coaching practice. Um, probably the best advice at least I've gotten in terms of running my own business is the quicker you can learn to just like let go of, and this is probably true now as I think about it for all aspects of our life, the quickest you can like drop anchor, let go of stuff that is not working in your life, the quicker you can move on. Yeah. And I think a lot of us spend a lot of times trying a lot of time trying to fix things that are broken mm -hmm. without realizing like, when is a time to like 
cut the cord and go. Right. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. afraid to, for the change, you oh, know, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh my God, the unknown the yeah. change. Ah, <laughs> Embrace the unknown. So maybe if we put that another way, yeah. Embracing exactly. the unknown. Um, so any last words? No, thank you for having me. This has been such a delight to meet you. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. I have all of her links down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Go say hi. If you know a teen (laughs) girl who needs some help and guidance through, you know, with today's society and, you know, giving her the tools to be a, you know, strong, independent, successful woman, then I would reach out to Sarah. Like like I said, all of her links are down below in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. And I hope to see you all in the next one. Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next one.